Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zen Ashe. I'm your conduit, your catalyst, and your coach to that better life. A coach draws out hidden potential in the subject, a catalyst sparks change, and a conduit provides a connection. So today, I am here with one of my friends. I've known this guy for a couple of years, and he's been very instrumental in, in my awakening, because that's what we're here to talk about today and taught me a lot, um, and I'm glad that he's here to talk about this whole concept of awakening, so we're going to be talking about awakening, and it's a big topic, so don't expect <laughs> us to cover it all today, we're just going to touch the surface, we're just going to give you some food for thought, um, we're going to tell you about some of our experiences, and just... Mm-hmm. Everybody, I think, is on a journey to becoming their best selves. And part of that is awakening, you know, leaving behind the, I guess you could say, the barriers, the bindings that have kept us asleep and unaware of our potential, unaware of the lies we've been told, the deceptions we've been told. And then we awaken and we are more aware of our potential, our our history, our gifts, our talents, our culture, and just how everything impacts us, whether it's the planets, whether it's the zodiac, whether it's nature, music, our thought processes, we are impacted by everything around us. And so we're going to be talking about that today. And some of this may be strange, you know, because I'm always interested and learning things I've never heard before. So I may be hearing some stuff I've never heard before, but it's all about food for thought. You know, it's all about different perspectives. And um, that's what Zenergy is about. Just introduce you to different people with different perspectives so that you can see that there's not one way. There's many ways and there's many paths and there's just many methods to getting to where we want to go. And, and, Speaking of many ways, I got inspired today. Inspired. I was out, out in the rain. In the rain. <laughs> and I went out anyway, even though I'm like, okay, I was going to go networking. It's raining. Probably nobody's going to be out. But I decided to go out anyway, just on the chance that I could, I could make some good connections, mm-hmm. right? And I wanted to give a shout out to two ladies that I was impressed by. Shout out. Yeah, shout out. This is Candles with a History. Mm -hmm. And she does have free shipping on orders over $75. And she creates, this is not a candle I'm going to show you, but she creates candles, hand poured candles. Um, But I, I loved her candles. But I have a lot of candles, okay? I buy candles all the time. I burn candles all the time. But she has this product called Candles with History, and every one of her products has a a street name from New Orleans on it, which I thought was so creative, because I'm from Baton Rouge, if you guys didn't know. And I love this right here. It's got a pyramid on the top, and on the bottom, you put essential. This This is essential oils in here. It's a mixture of essential oils. This one's called Pirate Alley. And you put the essential oils in here. Basically, you screw this off, okay? You put the essential oils in here with the dropper. Okay, so you can see how. And then you put it back on. You hold it upside down. You let the essential oils 
get into the wood. So basically you're kind of infusing the wood with the essential oils. Yeah. And then you hang it in your car and the sun and the air is going to diffuse it out into your car. So you're going to get this light scent um, that's going to last. And I just thought it was just a beautiful presentation. Very unique. I love the pyramid. I love just the, the glass and the wood together and the rope, all these natural elements. And it just smells wonderful. So I was just really impressed by her creativity and just, just this beautiful presentation of this car air freshener. I mean, look at this. All of the thought that went into this, you know? And then this is Tea Please. Tea Please. And she's on IG at Tea Please Tea. And she has something I've never seen before. This is called Strawberry Shortcake. And when she opened it, of course, it smelled really fruity. She let me smell a little sample of it. Um, but it's got dried berries in here with the tea, which I had never seen before. I was like, wow. And I wanted to shout them out. They didn't ask me to do this or anything. They're not paying me to do this. But I wanted to shout them out because one of the things I think awakening does is it makes you say, what if I put dried berries in tea? What if I came up with a whole new way to what do if? a air freshener? What if? You know, it makes you look at possibilities. It makes you think there isn't, in a sense, one way. There's so many ways. I've never, I've been, I'm 50 years old. I've never seen an air freshener look like this. I think it's super creative. And I've never seen tea with berries in it. Okay? So, what if? What if? You know, what if I do something different? What if I do something new? And speaking of doing something new, we're going to do something that some of you may have never seen before, but I always believe in honoring the ancestors. I came from somewhere. I came from a place where people, you know, had a history and they had a culture and, and they're still, you know, with us in spirit. And I just want to recognize that they are with us. And so I wanted Baba to do a, a libation before we got started, just to honor where we came from. Everybody has a history, everybody has a culture and, and awakening to that and embracing that and even adopting some of the practices that we've gotten away from in America, I have found for me <clears throat> has been something that has enriched my life and made me feel much more connected to um, who I am as a black woman. And so I wanted him to do a libation before we got any further into right. our show. So we're gonna do a short libation today, but we're gonna do one that's powerful. First thing, when we use water, water is a conduit. And as you know, a conduit is something that allows things to move. And so our ancestors are on a spiritual realm and so water is a conduit to allow them to come into the space where the water is. For all of us who remember as a child, we were told, don't put your hand in the socket. Now, if you put your finger in the socket and there's no water, nothing happens. But if you're in water, you already know what happens. So you know that water is a conduit of energy. We're going to offer libations first to our African ancestors from the Nile who gave us the gifts of civilization, religion, science, medicine, and all the ways of being human in a way that allows us to be a connection to the creator, to the nature, and to each other. So let us say Ashe. We're going to honor our ancestors from the west coast of Africa. 
because the West Coast is where so many of us have our roots because of the myopia that took place when we were taken from our land, we were taken from our people, we were taken from our ways. And we want to honor those who continued the knowledge that came from the Nile, and as they migrated from the Nile, they continued to expand upon that knowledge. One of the things that we often see that came from West Africa is our Adinkra symbols, which we all know, say Kofi and many other Adinkra symbols. So we want to honor our sisters, brothers, and brothers from the West Coast of Africa. Let's say Ashe. Ashe. And when we say the word Ashe, Ashe simply means I agree. I agree. I go along with it. I'm for it. I'm with it. Um, it's the African way of saying Amen, which Ashe has a little more depth to it. We want to also honor our sisters and brothers whose bones lie in the Atlantic Ocean, who gave their spirit and life so that we could be here today, who never gave up, who never gave in, who always knew that there would come a time when we would be free. So we want to say Ashe. Ashe. We want to honor our sisters and brothers who have endured North America, who have endured South America, who have endured the Caribbean islands, and all the evil that has taken place in those spaces by evil people doing evil things, but despite the evil, they were able to hold on to their faith, and that's why we're here today, and so we say Ashe. Ashe. We want to honor our sisters and brothers around the planet who are joining us in this transitional time, who are making the move from a toxic culture, and we're not even going to get into that because everybody knows what toxic culture looks like. We're making the move from the toxic culture to the holistic culture, and in that movement, we have sisters and brothers around the planet who have joined with us, some who have transitioned, and some who are with us today. And so we say, Ashe. Ashe. And we want to honor our children to come, those who will be following in our footsteps. We want to promise them, we want to give them this understanding. We will create a way for you to live in righteousness and to live in Wakanda. We say, Ashe. Ashe. And now I want you to just, in your spirit or in your mind or in your voice, Call out an ancestor that you felt motivated by, either on a personal level or on a collective level. And so when you do that, I would simply say, Ashe. So I'm going to ask my hostess to give us a name. Well, there's so many. You know, I, I was talking to you about Langston Hughes. Langston Hughes, Ashe, that's one. One more. Maya Angelou. Ashe. I'm going to share Queen Mother Denver. Ashe. And Esther King, Ashe. And as you're at home or wherever you may be, simply call out their names or call their spirit, and we will join you. We're going to say Ashe. And we'll include our libations by three Ashe's and then Ashe. 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 Thank you so much. And so now that we've got our ancestors here with us, we can continue on with the journey that we're on today of dealing with awakening. And when Zen called me and said, you know, Bob, I want you to join me for this podcast on awakening that's going to be doing Women's Month, I said, well, you know, first thing that came to my mind was Black History Month is in February, but in actuality, Women's Month should be in January, and I'm going to share with you why. When the creator of the universe, the creator of the planet, decided to put human beings on this planet, the space and place that Creator put them is in the motherland Africa. And understand that it was through the black woman that life mm -hmm. became life as humans here on earth. So whenever you are a human, 
you have to first connect to the reality that the black woman is the source in your ancestor and where all human beings come from. So let's first honor the black woman as being God's chosen force to bring life into the earth. When we understand that, that means that when we look at a black woman, we're not looking at what she is, what she has done, or what she hasn't done. We move with honor and respect because we know who she is. Ashe? Ashe. And on that note, as I can talk a long time, I'm going to let my hostess say a few things and then I'm going to continue on with the discussions. Well, <coughs> I, was, I was telling him that when I went out in the rain, I saw these three black sisters out there and I bought from each of them because uh, one has some sweets, which I don't know her name because she didn't give me a card, but she has some wonderful sweets out there. And then I already mentioned the other two that had, you know, the candles and the air freshener and the teas. But I think about every business owner, every artist, every parent, every, there's so many of us that go through an awakening, you know, and what I mean by that is you're one way and then you get tired of what you're doing or you feel like you can do more and you wake up, okay, in yourself and you say, there's a shift, right? And um, I was listening to a to YouTube today, and this guy was talking. He quoted Shakespeare, but I had not, I, I'm an English teacher. I know Shakespeare. the The quote that he said was, "All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players." And I know that quote, and I always took it as a metaphor, and it is a metaphor. But what he said was, actors actually can teach us how to live our lives. Because what an actor does is that actor becomes another person. And when that actor becomes that other person, they get immersed in that person. And they everything they do is from the perspective of that person. What would, let's say, Johnny Depp do in this scene? Well, when he's playing, you know, a pirate, he's going to act one way. When he's playing, you know, uh, Willy Wonka, he's going to act a totally different way, okay? Because he has become that person. And he was saying that all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players, meaning we all are playing roles too. And sometimes we wake up and we realize the role we're playing is not an effective role. And then we say, you know what? I'm an employee, but I really should be a boss. I really should be an entrepreneur. And we wake up and we take on that role and we begin to change our mindset, change our behavior, change everything. And we begin to act as if we're a boss, even before we may have a physical building, even before we may have even a DBA. We, we begin to act as if. You know, and, and I was thinking how powerful that is if we could do that more. Well, then, no, let's, let's look into that a little more in depth. We talk about <laughs> awakening. We have been infused, defused, infected by a toxic culture called Western culture. And Western culture functions on what we call the horizontal. It functions on the only things it can see. It doesn't deal with the vertical. And when we look at African culture, we look at the history of our culture, we always function on the horizontal, but more importantly, we function on the vertical. 
So when we say functioning on the vertical, we're saying that we always align ourselves to first get grounded, which is the depth part, to understand what's going on below us, and then to see what's going on above. You've often heard the statement, what is true above is true below. So an awakening is, first, the first awakening that we have is from our African ancestors who said, man know thyself, and man was not limited to male or female, it was just inclusive of everybody. And what they want you to come to know about yourself is first that you come from the creator of the universe. And the creator of the universe always does two things with any of his creation. First, it infuses energy, creative energy, so that that person can actually move. Because you have to have energy to move. The second thing it infuses is intelligence. So you have energy and intelligence which is in everything that the Creator brings. So when we're talking about, and we're going to use specifically women today, and brothers or men, you connect with it as you get connected to it, but we're going to start with women. Every woman has inside of her a divine, divine coming from the Creator, a divine gift, a divine talent. And this gift and talent is put inside of her in order to bring beauty, harmony, and communion to the planet. So the first awakening that we have to have is an awakening to what is my gift? What is my talent? And the way you can know what your gift and talent is is because it's something that comes from the inside, not the outside. One of my empowerment teachers often said, if you are doing something for money, it won't last long. But if you are doing something from your heart and your spirit, it will last a lifetime. So the first thing you get in touch with is what is your divine gift? What is it that makes you feel good about who you are and, and what you're about? And that gift could be cooking, sewing, music, building, infinite possibilities of what that gift is. The next thing our African ancestors taught us was once you figure out what your gift is, you have to get connected, or like my brother Lloyd Parker likes to say, you have to get interdependent with another person. Two or more, that's the African way. When two or more are gathered, the creator shall be. You have to get connected with another person who feels that they are in the same realm of, that you are in. Like if you like cooking, you get connected to another person who likes cooking. Now once you've made that connection, the next step in the process is you now infuse your mind with the thought of, and this is the intention that you function with, if it helps me to become a cook, it's good. If it doesn't help me to become a cook, it's bad. So now you have a paradigm that you function from. If it helps you get your divine gift and get your abilities moving, it's good. If it blocks you or keeps you from moving in that divine way, it's bad. The second thing that the African ancestors said, that's the horizontal. The gift is the horizontal. This is the deep part. Every gift you have is meant to be of service to others. And the African ancestors often use the example of the orange tree. The orange tree has to be started out as a seed, which we start out as a seed. It's infused inside of that seed is the potential for it to become a tree. Inside of us is the potential for us to be the great ones that this divine gift has given us. What the orange Seed has to do first is connect to the earth, and we call that getting grounded. Mm -hmm. So when you get grounded, you get connected to the earth. 
The earth gives you nutrients in terms of water, but the earth also gives you something else in your connection to nature, which is you have to connect with gravity because gravity is what allows you to function on the planet. Without gravity, you ain't going to be here. So your grounding is you get connected to the earth. The next thing that happens is you have to reach up to the sun. You have to reach up to where your strength comes from, which is the sun, and that's what the seed does. It grounds to the earth, and it sends its roots to the earth, and then it reaches up to the sun. And when it becomes a tree, it bears fruit. And I'm not going to get you involved. What does the orange tree do with the fruit? It gives it away. It gives it away. It doesn't consume it for itself. It gives it away. And it attracts people to it because it has such value. It has specific value to a specific aspect of nature, which are people. And all the orange tree wants you to do is take the orange and enjoy it. And when you come to take the orange, all the orange trees wants back is your breath. You give the orange tree back your breath, the orange tree takes it and continues growing. So what we're saying is, when you develop your talent, you service others. And what people give back to you is whatever you need in order to function well on the planet. That's the process of being grounded. That's the process of being in tune to yourself. That's the awakening that you want to have. And in that awakening process, you then find out that when you are doing what you were put on the planet to do, you have now opened your channels, and we could talk a long time about chakras, but we're just going to be short about that. The chakra that you have opened up is the heart chakra, which means now you have opened yourself up to receive joy. My sister Lauren Hill said something a long time ago, which I always like to quote, how are you going to win if you ain't right within? And what she was also saying is when you have evil thoughts, when you're about that toxic culture, you have shut down your heart chakra. For that heart chakra to work, it needs you to be in tune to the creator, in tune to nature, and in tune to your divine gift, and to be of service to others. Last caution. Talk is cheap. People can say anything. A mouth can say anything. The way that you find out whether it's actually something of value is the fruits. It's what you do. And for the awakening, once you found your gift, once you get connected to others, you will find that the universe will send you people who will help you along your way. They'll send you movies, books, all kinds of things, autobiographies that will help you along your way. But the also thing the universe will do is will allow you to experience joy. And you will then be able to see how you experience joy through experiencing your gift and giving it to others. And that's where joy is found. The second thing that happens is once you find out how to have joy with your, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the winter storm. Once you find out how to have joy with your gift, you will then open yourself to the awakening where you can find joy in everything that you do. So that you can find the joy in things rather than finding the gossip in things, the drama, the chaos. The two words that most emphasize Western toxic cultures, chaos and drama. When you got chaos and drama, you're in the toxic culture and you've gotten caught up. When you have an awakening, you move to the holistic culture and now you're using your gifts and you're being of service and you're finding joy. And the two words that emphasize what's going on in the holistic culture is peace and happiness. Mm -hmm. So you are carrying that peace and happiness with you 
because you have awakened to who you are. You've awakened to your gift and what you have inside, and you're giving it to others, and you're receiving things back from it. And so that's the awakening that takes place. And that's just how it takes place for an individual. We can talk further on how it's going on the planet. But like I said, I can talk for a long time. So I'm going to be quiet for a moment and let my guests lead and guide us along the way. Well, you know, he was talking about giving your gift. And um, there is a lot of joy in being able to give your gift. You know, I, as a writer, being able to share what's on my heart is a joy for me. But there's also joy, like, for example, I'm going to keep going back to this, right? Go ahead, back to it. I feel joy in looking at this. You know, I feel joy in knowing that it smells wonderful. You know, that makes me feel joyful. I feel joy thinking about, okay, I love tea. And I get to experience something I haven't experienced before, which is berries and tea, which I had never thought of. But also, I feel blessed because today was a dreary day. But instead of there being a dreary day, I ended up with two beautiful gifts that I have that I am going to be able to use for quite a while, you know. So even in the middle of what could be a dreary day, there are blessings, there are nuggets, there are lessons, there are gifts, you know. Mm -hmm. And, And I think also one thing that I have learned is the more you get in tune, and this is about meditation, this is about being still, the more you get in tune with the fact that the world around you is a beautiful place where God has so many things to show you. Even in the middle of some dreary days as we had today, there's beauty. There's simplicity. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be some million dollar thing, but it's it's beautiful, it's simple, it brings you joy. And and I have found that the more that in a sense I get still and quiet, I meditate, I take time to listen, the more I am awakened in a sense to notice all of the beauty around me. And that's to me a whole nother thing because for me, I think awakening is progressive. Mm-hmm. It, it starts and then it unfolds in all kind of different ways. It you never know where it's going to take evolves. you. Yes. Mm-hmm. One of the things I want to say, too, because oftentimes we're talking about this, we will speak about what is the energy that takes place, and love is the energy. Mm-hmm. The most. I had a brother, Baba, who shared with me something. He said, love is the most intelligent thing we can do. Mm-hmm. And he was speaking again from the African framework of understanding your gifts and sharing your gifts and utilizing the love inside of you and letting love be the energy. Same thing that we do with our, with our children. We love our children. We let that energy help us to create things for them. But understand we are not naive, okay? Because we're talking about love and how to have joy and happiness, we're not naive. We understand the law of opposites. Yes, we can be about good. Now there's evil. So let me speak brief, briefly about evil, because evil ain't going to get too much of our attention tonight. Evil is anything that is not bringing beauty, harmony, and community. Evil can be recognized because it's always bringing chaos and drama. Remember those two words, chaos and drama. Now, let me say something about evil. 
whenever you are doing good, evil is going to show up. But evil is not going to show up to destroy you. Evil is going to show up to create a feeling in you that you're going to share with the people that you're doing good with. So you create intimacy because you're going to share with them exactly how you feel. They're going to understand you better. And that's what you call intimacy. From that intimacy, you're going to have more power to do the good that you're doing. And that's how it continues to flow. Motivation comes from two sources. And it's an interesting dynamic. Motivation can come from the good source where you learn from your friend. Motivation can also come from evil when you learn what not to be. You can learn what to be and what not to be. In the process of awakening and evolving, it is always nice to learn from your friends. But if you don't learn from your friends, you will learn from your enemies. And so, again, awakening is a process that allows you to come into the realm of understanding everything as a lesson. And everything is a part of a lesson in the chapter of your journey to you coming up to being what the Creator puts you on the planet to be. I, I like that. And, and I definitely agree with that because, you know, I remember somebody said this. Somebody said it. Okay. They, it was on YouTube. And they said, my daddy would ask me at the end of every day, what did you learn today? What did you learn in school today? Or what did you learn today? And he expected me to have something to tell him. So I would actually be going out looking for something to learn that day because I knew at the end of the day, my daddy was going to expect me to tell him something. Mm -hmm. and, and she was saying that she didn't realize what a beautiful gift that was because um, instead of him asking her, what did you do today? Which she could have just, I, I, you know, Right. I, I made my bed, you know, yeah. I ate some cereal, I watched cartoons. Mm -hmm. He asked her something that was going to actually make her reflect on what was happening to her and around her. Mm -hmm. And that in itself was teaching her how to learn from life. And, and again, in a sense, I think that there are people that come into your life. I think her father was awakening her, you know what I mean? I'm sure. I think there are people that come into your life and their whole purpose is to awaken you, whether they're good or evil. Either one. <laughs> it could be a good person who has mm -hmm. your best interest at heart. It could be a person who really doesn't have your best interest at heart. But you you learn. Queens. You know what I'm saying? You grow. And, and I look at 2020. To me, 2020 was a shift. And there were so many people that were awakened. There were so many people who had blinders on. They didn't see, for example, racism. They didn't see um, inequality. They didn't see police brutality. They didn't see any of that. And then they got awakened. They got a harsh awakening. Um, and so sometimes awakening is a beautiful thing. You wake up and, you know, you wake up with this revelation. You slept and you woke up with a revelation and it was peaceful and it was wonderful. And sometimes <clears throat> awakening is your illusions being stripped away. Well, let me speak on that a little bit because we did mention we were going to go into a cosmic kind of understanding. In the world today, we are living in a time of shifts and the world is shifting. The universe is shifting. It is shifting from a toxic way of domination to a holistic way. In that shift, 
You get the first choice of going along with the ship by being righteous, by having a correct relationship with the Creator, with nature, and with people. So you get a chance to be righteous. And if you follow that righteousness and go through what you have to go through to shift from toxicity to wholeness, you're going to be protected because the work that you're going to do is going to give you spiritual protection. Now, on the other hand, the universe recognizes that everybody's not trying to shift. So therefore, the creator of the universe said, normally, I don't intervene in the ways of man. Normally, I let things just unfold. But you know what? Enough is enough. It is time. So the creator says, I'm, it's time for things to shift. And so the creator decided, let's get some things straight. Anytime that the earth has gone too far, the creator decides to intervene. And so you had the pandemic where the creator said, I can shut down the whole world. Second experience. We in Houston went through what they call the winter storm, where the universe said, you know what? I don't really think y'all got all the message that I was sending for the pandemic. So let me give y'all a little deeper message. I can shut down this whole situation where nothing moves, where they, you don't have any energy, where you don't have any lights, where you don't have any power, because this is still the universe that I run. And so the creator created the winter storm, sent it our way to remind us that in times of storm, what happens to people? Good people awaken to their goodness and actually help each other out. They actually create more communalism during times of storms than they do in a normal day. So the creator is awakening to us that this is the possibility, this is the way you can live every day, sharing, caring for yourself. We talked about how taking your gift and giving it in service to others is the road to joy. So the creator again has sent us a sign that this is what I would like you to be about. This is what is good for your health. This is what's good for your life. But if you don't get it this time, you're going to force me to come up with another sort. Fortunately, we're not going to go there. We're going to stay in the now. We have learned through the pandemic and through the winter storm that communalism is a not only a necessary part for us to live and the way for us to live, but the best way for us to live. And so we don't have to ask, where do I, what do I need to do? Be righteous. Be caring. Love people. Share your gifts. Be of service. That's the key. With that key, you get spiritual protection, and now you can go anywhere in the world. Because one of the things that we have learned through our African ancestors is how to be in the world, but not of the world. You never have to give in to evil. You never have to accept evil. You never have to make evil feel comfortable, evil feel wanted, evil feel needed, e evil feel like evil, I think I, I, I make you that. No, you never have to do any of that evil. What we are put here to do is connect with the Creator, connect with nature, connect with each other, and be about the good. Hashem. Yeah, I definitely agree that we need to connect with the Creator, connect with each other, and be about the good. I, I agree with all of that. 
you know, when difficult times happen, you're right. People have choices. They they can rely on each other. They can rely on their faith. They can look inward. They can grow and change. You know, they can go a very negative way, you know, and, and not do any of those things. Um, so we, we do have a lot of choices when it comes to how we deal with different circumstances. And, and the thing that has been shocking to me somewhat um, is looking at 2020, mm-hmm. looking at 2021. Now we have a new president and uh, we had an insurrection not too long ago. Um, and I actually thought, and maybe this is me being naive, that the people who supported Trump who were not physically there, when they saw what happened, they would be awakened and say, oh my gosh, look what this rhetoric has led to. Look at where we are. This is not what I thought was going to happen. I'm sorry. I was on the wrong side. I've supported the wrong agenda. I have been going down the wrong path. Uh, No. (laughs) That didn't happen to a lot of them. A lot of them wanted to blame somebody else, Antifa or whoever else, actors, paid actors, for what happened. So, you know, that reinforced to me that awakening is a choice. And I've heard I've heard somebody say that there's this thing called cognitive dissonance. Oh yes. Cognitive dissonance is mm-hmm. when you will tune out, tune it out. Everything, everything that doesn't line up with what you believe. You have your belief and your belief is okay, for example, everybody sees this is bottle of water. There could be somebody out there who says, that's not a bottle of water. That's Kool-Aid. And even though you say, here, I'm going to pour you some. Taste it. It's water. They could say, no, it's Kool-Aid. And they could hold on to the fact that it's Kool-Aid even when there is no logical reason. No logical, no factual, nothing to back them up. Nothing at all. The label says it's water. The contents taste tells you it's water. Everything tells you it's water, and they could still say it's Kool-Aid. That's right. So I have they even done they've even done studies on it that when a person is in the grips of cognitive dissonance, when they are so tied to what they are believing that it is an attack on their identity mm-hmm. to let it go, it doesn't matter how many facts you give them. Because until they are ready to let go, they're going to hold on. And that leads me to two things that we have to understand that are taking place in the planet. First, white supremacy was a fabricated mythological lie put together that enticed people to believe it. But the reality is there is no such thing as white supremacy. The second thing is Black inferiority was a mythological fabrication that was created and reinforced through institutions, but it's also a lie. There is no such thing as black inferiority. When we study history, we find that black people are the creator of everything on the universe. And we can go into that in depth a whole other time, but everything that we see starts with black people. So there's no such thing as black inferiority. 
what we have found out is that cognitive dissonance is a disease that people who have it, who think that white supremacy and white privilege is real, they got to deal with that disease because they're sick and they're insane and they need healing. People who believe in black inferiority also are a disease and they've got to be healed from understanding their insanity because they're out of touch with reality also. So you look at the struggles that are taking place for us who are from the melanated group who have been assigned and I often like to use people say, well, how do you know who you're supposed to take care of? I always say, well, let's look at nature. Simply put, birds take care of birds. Birds are not responsible for what happens to elephants. Elephants take care of elephants. So what we're looking at is for those who are infused with the disease of white supremacy, you've got to, you've got to get healed with your people and get it worked out. For those of us from the melanated world who are infused with black inferiority, We've got to get healed, and we've got to get together and figure out how this insanity is in our mind and how this toxic behavior is motivating us to do ridiculous things like shoot each other, kill each other, take, and, you know, medicate or try to medicate our troubles away. All those things are things that we have to deal with. But the reality is cognitive dissonance is a disease that takes place in the non-white world, and also takes place in the melanated world, and we have to understand it. Once you understand it, it gives you clarity. Once you have clarity, you can now resolve the issue. If you don't have clarity, you will be you will be putting a band-aid on cancer as opposed to dealing with the root. And on that note, I'm going to share one thing about the planets, because I did say I was going to talk about, about the planets. We saw in December this past year, there was a planetary shift where the alignment of the moon, the stars, everything was shifting and it hadn't been done in thousands of years, but there was a shift. With that shift, it was a sign from the universe that the days of toxic culture have come to an end and it's time to get on board, like Martin Luther King used to say, get with the change, the winds of change. It's time to get on board with righteousness and move in that direction because if you do not go along with the ship, if you do not go along with the change and you're trying to fight the shift, you're going to be one of the, what do they call those people? One of the victims. And you're going to get, you're going to reap what you sow. So the idea is understand this is the good news for all the people who are making the shift and why seeking to be about the righteous. The good news is that the creator of the universe, the planet and the stars, nature is on our side. Nature wants to see us become a holistic people. Nature wants to see us become the, the creator of the universe wants. So here's what I'm sharing with you. This is a good thing to share. You've got people that you can't deal with. You ain't got to deal with them. Your friend, the creator of the universe, your friend nature, your ancestors, they'll take care of them. What you've got to do is take care of the ones that you've been assigned to, that you're around, that you can impact with your righteousness. And as my friend, <coughs> Dr. Franz Bernard would say, you have to be a revolutionary in your own space and time. In your space and time, you have to be about Revolving and evolving the planet to beauty, harmony, and community. 
that note, I'll see what else you want to talk about next. Well, speaking of what the earth wants to show us, you know, I remember probably, let's say, six months into the pandemic, there were all of these articles that came out, pictures that came out, and they said there's dolphins in the in the canals in Venice. The air, the smog levels have decreased to never before seen levels. This has happened, this has happened, this has happened. Nature is healing. That's right. Because humans aren't polluting it. We're we're inside. We're not driving as much. We're not doing these different things we were doing. And it was kind of showing people that if we were to, in a sense, back off and give the planet a chance to breathe, it would heal. It would heal from all of the scars that uh, have been inflicted on it through pollution and everything else. And it, it was, I saw some of those pictures where they had, here's pre-pandemic, here's now, and they had them side by side. And it was almost, it was almost science fiction, almost like you're looking at it and it's hard to even believe it. Um, so looking at that, it, it was quite sobering to me to say, okay, we are having a detrimental impact on this planet through our behaviors. We, um, as a whole, we are not taking care of the planet that we have to live on. We don't have anywhere else to live. Um, and and not only that, but we're not taking care of, in, in general senses, the people. Also, you know, when you looked at all of the people that lost their jobs and the fact that these systems of government um, were not designed to help them quickly, mm-hmm. there were servers crashing because people were trying to file for unemployment. The lines were around buildings. There were people waiting for weeks just to get a call, having to call for a month to get an appointment. You know, it was government supposed to work for the people, you know, of the people, by the people, for the people. But we saw that it wasn't, you know. Yeah, and, and I think that there were a lot of people that said, there's something really wrong with this and we need to fix it. And some of what has happened since we have a new president, I mean, I'm, I am hopeful, you know, we got just a new stimulus recently. I am hopeful that some of those things are going to make some big changes. And, and for the first time, you know, some people are saying that this is the biggest uh, social package that's been done since FDR, you know, and it's ongoing for a little while. Um, but I think people are saying, we need to wake up. We have to change. We have to do things differently. You know, after George Floyd, there were police departments that were scrapped. There were um, laws that were instituted. And some people say, okay, all of that's window dressing. The foundation hasn't been changed. I'm not going to dispute any of that. I'm going to say, I still believe we are in the middle and continuing in an awakening. People's mm-hmm. eyes were open and some people have chosen to do something, whether it's creating a business, whether it's um, you know, passing a law, 
you know, instituting a bill, whether it's doing whatever they're doing. The point is, I think that anyone who's paying attention and is not in the grips of cognitive dissonance is not shutting their eyes, you know, like the monkey, what was it? Monkey see, monkey do, monkey hear. You know, you had the monkey with his eyes covered. Mm -hmm. If you're not that person, if you actually are open-minded, if you actually are listening and paying attention, to me, it's hard to not say the world is changing. And on that note, understand change doesn't take place dramatically. Change takes place in increments. Mm -hmm. It takes place little by little. So think about yourself. Look at your own body. You changed when you were a little boy or a little girl. You were growing, but you didn't see it. Other people would see it. People, they didn't see you for six months. They said, wow, you've really grown in six months. But you didn't see the growth because change takes place little by little by little by little. And everything is important. Everything has an effect. There's no one thing that's going to bring about all the changes that are taking place, but everything has an effect and everything is changing. Our brother Deloitte Parker always says, we have to recognize that we're not trying to be independent, but we're trying to be interdependent. And as we are interdependent, we see that everything is shifting, everything is changing from what you see even on TV, where 10 years ago you couldn't find a black person on a commercial, now you can't find a black person not on a commercial. That's a significant change. Now, you may say, what kind of... Well, the people who are doing the commercial, the money they're making in the commercial is not money they were making before. So it's a significant change for them. Change takes place in small increments. And the key thing is, we have to look at ourselves and see what kind of changes are we putting ourselves through and how are we changing from being toxic to being holistic. There's a quote that Ralph Smart and a bunch of other people always say, comparison and competition is the thief of joy. When you're comparing or competing with others to see who's doing this, who's not doing this, you're losing the whole joy of the journey. Start with taking care and looking at yourself first, looking at how you have to be about this holistic change, what you can do, and then you will be contributing. And the good news is, and this is inside information, so you can tell all your friends this, but keep it in the mystery. Don't shout it. Whisper it in the ear. When you do right, good things happen. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, you're talking about change and what can you do. You know, um, I... When I went through 2020, and I think many people had that period of time when they sat down Mm -hmm. and they were still for a little bit. And I was listening to YouTube because I listen to a lot of audio books. So sometimes when I'm telling you stuff and I say I'm listening to YouTube, I'm listening to an audio book, but I cannot remember the name of it at the moment. (laughs) But I was listening to an audio book and this man said, he said, we meaning human beings, are like photographs, like the old-time photographs. He said, we get these ideas, and that image is impressed upon a film. And then sometimes we have to go into the dark. We have to go into sleep. We have to go into meditation. We have to go into stillness. 
for that image to come out properly. He said, when you get inspiration sometimes and you immediately want to act on it or blab it off, if it's not time, what you're doing is exposing the film before it's developed. Come on. And the image is not clear to you and it's not clear to anybody looking at you because they're like, what the, what is she doing? She's just going off and she she's going off half-cocked. That's what people say. Yeah. She's going off half-cocked. And he says, sometimes you need to learn how to be in a dark room and you need to be still and you need to let the awakening happen. And then when you actually are awake and you can see clearly, then you move forward. There you go. But we all have seen those movies and I don't know if anybody still has dark rooms where the person's in the dark room and they got every, all, there's no windows, everything is completely dark, dark. right? And they're doing that little, they're moving that picture around and then they're hanging it so it can dry. And if you open the door, they're like, ah! You know? <laughs> they're freaking out because all of that painstaking work could be destroyed in just that careless exposure. exposure. Yeah. And also he was saying, when you are in the process of, in a sense, going through your awakening, sometimes you need to be in the dark room, meaning you need to get away from people who are not going to help you develop. You could have somebody in that developing room with you. They could be in the dark with you, talking to you about it, helping you, you know, maneuver those photographs, whatever. They could be in there with you. But what they can't be doing is going in and out that door, you know, while you're trying to develop these images that you're trying to understand. And I thought that was a very powerful metaphor because, you know, when when I went through 2020, there was about a month where I just sat and wrote and meditated and I just tried to process what was going on in the world and I didn't do a whole lot of talking to people I didn't do a whole lot of being interactive because at the time I realized that as an artist as a business person as a teacher my whole life in those three areas was going to change drastically and I needed to figure out how I was going to deal with it. And so I had to literally sit down, be still, get some ideas, um, and, and let my subconscious talk to me, let my intuition talk to me, let my wisdom mm-hmm. talk to me. You know, I had to just be still. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when I came out of that period of time, the thing that I had was this. This workbook package, you know, which you can get this. Oh, I just knocked them. I'm selling these for $15, but he was talking about investing in yourself. You know, how are you developing? You know, this is mine. There are 16 pages in here. Each page is dedicated to a different topic, like this is abundance. And it does focus on, you know, putting a song, a movie, a book, a goal, an affirmation putting a picture of an ancestor that inspires you. What can you learn from that person? You know, answering journal prompts to really dive deep into yourself. Because awakening 
what I learned about awakening, awakening is about asking questions. That's right. And asking open-ended questions. Because sometimes we ask the question like, what is the solution to this problem? And that's a good question. But sometimes you need to say, what are the solutions to this problem? Because when you're looking for one thing, you find one thing. When you're looking for a lot of things, you find a lot of things. That's right. And let me jump in right there because I think one of the things I talked about in my class, I'm going to give a shout out, uh, Saturday on Conversations in African History and Culture, was one of the things I shared was asking questions is a significant sign of someone who is awakening as opposed to someone who is making statements. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> statements are made when people are trying to validate who they are mm -hmm. or validate where they're coming from or validate what they're saying. Once you understand who you are and you're, and you're connected and grounded to who you are, you don't have to make statements. You ask questions, and you ask questions so that you can get expansive understandings. The way that education is supposed to work, education is supposed to open your imagination to the possibilities of what you become and how you can evolve and evolve that. One of the things as a history teacher, which is why I shared with some folks the other day, you cannot teach African history from a European perspective. And the reason you can't is because in the European perspective, it's always just trying to deal with statements. It's always just trying to deal with who shot who and who destroyed this and so forth and so on. In the African understanding, it's always dealing with questions. Why is the stars there? What do the stars do? How do they interact? Why does the, why does this move? That's how we created chemistry. That's how we created physics. That's how we created medicine. It wasn't making statements. It was asking questions. When you're asking questions, it's a mindset that says, now I'm here to learn from everything in my environment. And so I'm asking questions rather than making statements. And I am confident that the creator of the universe and nature will send me the things that I need so that I can take those tools and grow and become what it is that the creator intended for me to be. And the word that I wanted to put in there that, that, that you also were saying is, it's your intentions. Your intentions are the most important aspect of what you are doing. It's not what you say, it's not what you look like, it's what is your intentions. Because if your intentions, and I'll go back to Laura Hill again, if your intentions are right, then good things are going to happen. But if your intentions are wrong, even though it may look right, it's going to, you're going to reap what you sow. And this is the thing I, I wanted to share, too, that's very important, especially for us in, the, in what we call the conscious community. In the conscious community, you have people who can dress a certain way, can have different hairstyles a certain way, can look a certain way. But if they haven't come to making that awakening, making that shift from the toxic culture to the holistic culture, their intentions are not the same. And the classic example is living in, since we were assigned to live here in America by the Creator and to learn things, America, when they say God, they are talking about money. Okay, their God is money. The African 
perspective of the words, our God is the creator of the universe. Our God is cosmic energy and creative intelligence, and it's in everything. So we see, when we look at anything, we see creative intelligence and cosmic energy at work. That's our God, and that's our faith, and that's why we can be in a horizontal bad situation and make it through because we have faith in what we understand from the depth of our knowledge of God. So we we overcame, endured, made it through slavery and all that other evil because of our faith in the creator of the universe. And so we have to remember those are the historical ways that we have grown and not to lose track of that. Western culture it will entice you with the vertical, with the horizontal, with the trinkets, with the materials. But the trinkets and materials, as, as the old folks who say, money can never buy you love. What you have to, what we are seeking to do is be in tune to the energies and the understandings that allow us to be in communion with each other, to be in communion with nature, to be in communion with create, the creator, to look at ways to expand our imagination, to see things differently and to create things differently, and to give our children the understanding of learn your history so that you can imagine how great you can be because of things that have come before you. And that's the kind of way that we want to have our attentions and our mind is on the idea of asking questions rather than making statements. I like that a lot. So I want to wrap up with this. Um, we've talked about a lot of things. And the one thing I want to say to everybody, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a quick little story. There was an engineer, and he was... Um, he was working in a paint company and he said, the thing I hate about paint is when it gets old, yeah. it begins to chip. It's very hard to get off. Mm -hmm. What if we could put some gunpowder in the paint so when it got old, we could just blow it up. <laughs> and everybody in that meeting was like, uh, you would destroy the house, you know, it kind of, it's not practical. But the people in that meeting also said, but you're on to something. You're on to the fact that we could put something in the paint that would cause a chemical reaction that would make it easier to get it off. Mm -hmm. And so what they did was they put an additive in the paint, which only was activated when you put paint thinner. Mm -hmm. And when that paint thinner came on, then the paint, begin to basically drip away rather than you having to scrape it off and do all this. So I'm saying that to say this. I put together a podcast every week. I bring on all kinds of different people, all kinds of different perspectives. I tell you my perspective. But what you should do Come as on, the say, viewers, yes, you should say hmm. that idea that about the blowing up, you know, that wasn't really practical, but I see this slightly different version of it that will work for me. Mm -hmm. I see the slightly different version of it that will work for my children or my family. I may not agree with everything they said, but I'm taking it in and I'm not having cognitive dissonance holding on to this bottle and saying this is Kool-Aid when it's water. But I'm actually saying, hey, I may not like that brand of water, but water really is good for me. 
-hmm. And I'm going to get a brand of water that I like. Mm -hmm. So when, when you hear anything on this podcast, it is not for you to accept as wholesale fact, truth, whatever. What it is, is for you to think and ask questions and for you to develop your own awakening to your potential, your gifts, your skills, your abilities, mm-hmm. your ability to interconnect in your community, your ability to change and grow. That's what this is for. I sure. told you at the beginning of the show, I'm a coach, a catalyst, and a conduit. A coach doesn't, when a coach t- shows you a technique, I have been an athlete. They may show you three different ways to do a layup. Come on. And you have to pick the one that works best for you. I see you know, because you may not have the the what do they call it the 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 the, the wingspan of somebody else. You know, you may Come not on. have the reach that it takes to use method one. You may not have the height that it takes to use method two. You Come might on. not have the speed that it takes to use method three. You know, but maybe you can adapt one of those methods and you get something. So the point is, a coach tries to give you some different options. A conduit tries to connect you to different resources so that you can take those resources. You know, we mentioned, you know, different people. We mentioned, like I mentioned this this, uh, workbook packet that I have. I mentioned going out and looking for lessons every day. You know what I'm saying? Um, So we mentioned these different concepts. So that conduit, that coach, that, you know, that catalyst, this should be a catalyst for you. This should be a, a, a jump start. Where you should say, hey, 2021 isn't just another year. 2021 is my year to become a better person. My year to change. My year to be more (coughs) So it's all about, as he said, intention. Intention. If you don't have an intention to grow, I'm sorry, you're not going to grow. Nope. If you don't have an intention to try new things, it's not going to happen. If you don't have an intention to expose yourself to new things, it's not going to happen unless it just happens by accident. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> and and what, so. you, yeah, what you were saying, everything that we've talked about tonight, we're not trying to fix anybody. We're trying to inspire everybody. So understand that again. We're not trying to fix nobody. We're trying to inspire everybody. So we want you to take what we've talked about, chew on it, Look at it, get into it, talk about it with others, talk about it with yourself, meditate on it. And whatever works for you, take it and run with it. Whatever fits for where you are moving, take it and run with it. Because there's infinite possibilities. The Creator gives you infinite ways to do things. And like I said, we're not here to fix nobody, and we're not here to blame nobody or shame nobody. We're here to inspire everybody. And I must say one more thing. You know, some people have asked me, you say all the time you don't go to church. Why don't you go to church? Because you know the Bible. I do. Yeah, I know the Bible extremely well. Oh, very, very, very well. And and I know a couple other books too. But uh, one of the things that led me to leave the church is I found out the, the, the real meaning of the word religion. Mm-hmm. The word religion means re-lig-ion. Lig means to bind. To bind. Like ligature, like when somebody strangled. Re means again, repetitively, and I-O-N means the process of. So religion actually means the process of binding someone repetitively on purpose. Mm -hmm. 
And I realized going Wednesday, Sunday, Friday, whatever, you know, the youth group meets, whatever, I was being bound. Mm-hmm. I was being bound into certain beliefs. I was being bound into a box. I was being bound. And when I looked around me at the universe, I didn't see bindings. I saw seeds that hit the ground, found root, and grew up in the trees that went 100 foot tall. But you take that same tree and you know you keep binding it where the branches can't grow. It can't grow to 100 foot tall because you're binding it. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, they even said that if you take a a, a shark, yes, there are sharks that can grow to fifty feet long, mm-hmm. but you can take a shark and put it in an aquarium, mm-hmm. and it'll stay two foot. Mm-hmm. It will never grow beyond its environment because it's bound. Mm-hmm. So, for me, this is for me. I decided I didn't want to be bound. I decided that I wanted to awaken and explore whatever the creator had for me. And it wasn't going to be in the four walls of the church. And it wasn't going to be in just the teachings of the Bible. It was going to be in a lot of places. And that has led to me having an extremely rich life, an extremely fulfilled life. It has led to me feeling like this. That is what it's led for. For me. Okay. I'm not worried about judgment as, you know, people talk about being judged all the time. I am in tune with my creator, with nature, and with humanity. And so, so... As we talk about all these different things, um, as he said, we're not here to change anybody, fix anybody. What we are here is to inspire people because when you're inspired, inspired has the same word as spirituality, the same word. Spear, S-P-I-R, means breath, life, growth, you know, spirit. Spirit is life. So when you inspire somebody, you input life. Come on. That's what you do. You actually input life. You actually give them life. Um, You give them energy, as he was saying. And so that's what I've decided. I want to be spiritual. I want to inspire, to give life. And... Speaking of inspirational, I have these little... Speaking of inspirational. (laughs) These are... There's 12 in a pack. These little packages. These are inspirational bookmarks. Um, They each have a different saying. You know, and you can put them... I just showed you I have a workbook. You can open up this inspirational bookmark. It's magnetic. It says the same thing on both sides. You can see how it opens up. And you can stick it on a page. So, like, when you're picking up the book... It actually doesn't fall off like normal bookmarks. And you could actually sit it on top of a desk, you know, just a little inspirational message. It'll actually stand there on a desk or whatever. So I have those two. So those are a dollar each or a pack of 12 for $10. So we have come to the end of our episode on awakening, awakening. and we've shown you a lot of different ideas. And um, I am Zenashe. And you can find me on 
Instagram, Facebook, Z-E-N-A-S-E, Zenache Poetry. Um, my website is laughsandlyrics.com, L-A-U-G-H-Z. Mm-hmm. And the website for that has all the past episodes that we put on the Zenergy podcast. Um, and this is Baba for now, so tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Facebook under Run Your Arrow for now. That's actually my first name. Baba is actually a title. R-U-N-Y-A-R-A-R-O. F-A-N-A. I'm on Facebook. I teach a class every Saturday called Conversations in African History and Culture at 1 o'clock on Facebook. And if you miss it at 1 o'clock, you can go on my Facebook page and it'll be on there. If you if you send me a friend request, I'll confirm it. I like everybody. It's all good. The uh, other way that you can always get in touch with me is I'm a minister at the Shrine of the Black Madonna. I'm one of the ministers at the Shrine of the Black Madonna. Every first and third Saturday, we have the Buy Black Market at the Shrine of the Black Madonna at Martin Luther King Boulevard between Old Spanish Trail and Griggs. I'm there every first and third Saturday, and I open up the Buy Black Market with one of the blessings I have, which is drumming. And so I'm there every first and third Saturday from 11 to 1 doing my African drumming and also talking with anybody who wants to share and get any further information we can do any number of things so that's how you can get in touch with me awesome and thank you guys for joining us for this conversation on awakening and may you walk in synergy good night My name is Zenai Shea, and I have a weekly podcast called Zenergy, which is fuel for the mind, body, and soul. And this is the Zenergize Your Life Goal Setting Package, Volume 1. It comes with the workbook, a journal, stickers, a bookmark, tabs, and a QR code where you can find my podcast. And inside this workbook, you're going to have 16 different principles. The first one, I'm going to show you mine, is abundance. You have a place to put pictures that inspire you of role models, also pictures of goals that you want to create, goals, journal prompts, meditations, affirmations, all kinds of things to help you focus on this principle to better your life. And like I said, there's 16 principles. So this is a $15 package that comes with all of these things I've shown you, $21 with shipping and handling, and you can get it at laughsandlyrics.com. So Zenergize Your Life with me. Thank you. Thank you.